Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Mamas, I'm so excited to be here with y'all today. Um, We have Dr. Maureen Peterson with us today, and I'm excited about her story because she kind of comes along the idea of just being a fierce advocate. And so today she's going to share her journey and kind of some tips and tricks on how she has learned to advocate for her people. Um, So Maureen, I'm really glad you're here with us. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I appreciate you having me on the podcast to share with your guests some of my insights as a mom and as a physician on the topic of advocacy. Um, Just to give your audience a little bit of background to my story, um, I uh, had always wanted two things from life, to be a doctor and to be a mom. I was able to accomplish both of those things and became uh, pregnant right around the time that I graduated medical school. I went off and did a residency in pediatrics. And during that time, I became a mom for a second time. Um, the And my second child, my daughter, when she was six months old, uh, was diagnosed with neuroblastoma. That is a type of pediatric cancer of the adrenal glands, which is a gland that sits right on top of somebody's kidneys. Um, when I, as a doctor, got that diagnosis uh, for my child, um, it was like a gut punch uh, because I had taken care of kids who had that same diagnosis. So I knew exactly what that meant. Um, I uh, learned a lot through being a mom of a cancer kid, thought things were kind of behind us. And several years later, I became the doctor who diagnosed my daughter with type 1 diabetes. So um, again, like life presented another medical challenge for my daughter. Um, And through her experience with uh, having to deal with ER physicians, endocrinologists, etc., I learned a lot about advocacy that I then kind of incorporated into my practice as a physician and now have, um, I'm on a mission to share that knowledge with other parents um, and help them learn those skills through um, my uh, mission of being able to coach them to become great advocates for their kids. I love that so much. I love how you've taken your story and turned it around and are helping other mamas um, or parents. Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. Your daughter is in recovery or in remission, correct? 
Um, she is in remission from cancer. Um, she will forever be a type one diabetic unless we magically find a cure for it. Um, but she just recently got married. So is, um, has lived a, a very full life and she too has taken her struggles and have turned it into something good and is now studying immunology and trying to figure out the cure for autoimmune diseases. So it's, you know, when life gives you lemons, you need to make lemonade sometimes (laughs) for sure. I love that she's doing that. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. I would love to know how just your perspective on relating with patients. And I know that you're not practicing right now, right? Correct. I coach, not practice. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, But before that, when you were still practicing and you Mm -hmm. then had this experience of being on the other side of things, of having this huge thing happen in your life where you're having to go and advocate for your kids, how did that change your perspective as a doctor? Oh my goodness. It like totally changed my perspective. And, you know, like, for example, um, it was really being able to understand the emotions that parents go through when they get any sort of diagnosis in their kid. And um, really having that experience of being overwhelmed and constantly worried and um, was so valuable when I um, was in clinical practice taking care of patients because it allowed me to do a better job of explaining things to patients right off the bat um, and um, realizing, you know, sometimes as a doctor, we get, um, we start spitting out kind of medical jargon to parents. And really, what they want to know is, is this bad? Or is this something that I can deal with? Like, and so I would get very good at, look, I don't, know what's going on with your kid, but I'm not worried. Um, And so using that language of, you know, okay, this is something I am worried about. This is what we're going to do about it. Um, Using language like I'm not worried right now, straight up to parents was so important because then they were able to like better comprehend what I was telling them was going on with their kid. Yeah. I mean, that makes complete sense to me. Cause I'm like, when the doctor says he's worried, I'm like, yes, I'm right. worried too, right along with you. And if he's yeah. not I'm like, Oh, okay, we're fine. Yeah. Okay, no but, yeah. And you know, the, the, I look back on when my daughter was diagnosed with cancer and, um, when I went back to work after she got the all clear from going through several rounds of chemotherapy, I went back to work and I was so resentful of people that came to bring their kids in to see me. And um, I was lucky because I was kind of clued in to my own kind of thoughts and realized very quickly, 
I cannot be resentful of every patient that walks in the door or else I'm going to burn out in medicine very quickly. And that resentment came from like, you know, I'd see a kid with just a rash or I'd see a kid with an ear infection. And in my mind, it was oh my goodness, this mom or this dad doesn't know what I just went through. And it's so much bigger than this rash or ear infection. But it, it, when I realized where that resentment was coming from, it, I was able to change my thoughts and realize no, I don't need to be resentful. Like they're coming to me because they are worried about their child. I have this gift of being able to solve that worry for them. And I should be grateful for this gift, not resentful because they don't know my story. Um, so it, it was this whole kind of, and you said at the beginning, you know, this journey, and it was really this journey of emotions that really kind of shaped how I was better able to care for patients. Yeah, that's, I think that's so valuable for all of us, because I think that that's been a big part of my journey as well as just the perspective shifting. Of yes, just that you have no idea what's going on, because my quote unquote, typical looking kids have these disabilities. And so people don't see that when they look at them. And so I'm sure they're making judgments about them. Yes. Um, And yeah, just that shift perspective of everybody has something going on. Right. I always look like it, but everybody has something going on in their life. Right. um, And, and that word perspective, I just want to kind of foot stomp that word for a minute, because that is such a great word for what, we are um, describing in this conversation and it having perspective is such an important part of advocating for your kid too. not just perspective of what your child is going through and what perspective you have as a parent, but you know, in when you're in the doctor's office or when you're in the school office trying to get something done for your kid, it's so important to have the perspective that the folks you're dealing with are human, just like you and I. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, you know, me as a doctor that I may have a lot of medical knowledge, but I'm still human, which means I'm going to have good days and bad days. And keeping that in mind when you're dealing with school officials or healthcare workers or therapists is so important because having that perspective that we're all human and we're all just trying to do the best we can really helps when we're trying to get something done. Yeah, I have to say I'm kind of guilty of that, of feeling like I'm just fighting a system right? constantly and not, and I'll say to people, I'm like, I know this is not you. I know this is your protocol, but I'm like still like fuming mad and I'm sure they're getting a lot of that. <laughs> and it's a good reminder for all of us. <laughs> I know. I'm wondering what, like, I loved how in the beginning you were talking about how as a doctor, you've learned 
just put it in very simple. I'm not worried about this. I am worried about this. If we're encountering physician after physician or expert after expert, whatever, whoever they are, what is a good way for us to approach as parents to say like, Hey, can we slow down for a minute? Can you tell me X, Y, Z to kind of bring it down to the simplest way? Is there something that you kind of counsel people on with that? Yeah. Uh, And um, yes, absolutely. And I would say if you're not understanding what a healthcare professional or school official or anyone that's telling you something about your kid, if you're not understanding it, don't walk away from that conversation still not having a good idea of what was discussed. And there's this um, uh, thought when parents go into a doctor's office, like, oh my goodness, this doctor is so much bigger than me. And there's this mental kind of hierarchy that we have about various roles in our society. And we have to be very cognizant of that and be on to ourselves when we find ourselves thinking that somebody is bigger than we are, because it stops us from asking those questions of, hey, slow down, I don't understand this. Or, okay, you're telling me you're not worried, but I and the mom, and I am worried, how can we get on the same page with this? So again, it goes back to they are human. And even though they may have knowledge that we need, they're still human. And so being curious in a conversation without being confrontational is how we should always treat other humans. Yeah. I like that. I think that often I'll go into a doctor's office and I feel silly for not knowing things. And so I won't speak up. Yes. Um, Yeah. And so that, that feeling of like, or, well, I should even back up this thought of, I am not at the same level as this doctor, like leads somebody to feel embarrassed which then means they're not taking action to ask questions that they need. And so going into that office with a better thought of, no, we're a team, we're going to figure this out together is much more serving than the thought of this doctor is better than I am or knows more than I am or, or, you know, when thoughts don't serve us, it it is very helpful to halt them and switch them around to something that is empowering. Hey, let's take a quick break. Mama, I know that you are doing a great job, but maybe there's something you've been neglecting, like yourself or your marriage, the rest of your family or the systems in your home, or maybe you're just ready for a change, but you don't know where to start. That's where we come in. Mama Systems can help you put systems in place so that your family is more organized, more peaceful, and more balanced, and so that you feel like you can get everything done that you need to get done during the day. We'll help make sure that you have a plan to advocate for your child in school and in the community, that you take care of yourself, your marriage, 
and the rest of your family, and that you have systems in place to help build teamwork mentality in your home and make daily life more manageable. All of this is doable and you deserve it, Mama. Check out mamasystems.net today. All right, back to our show. What, what do you say when people, like they have that gut feeling that there's something more going on here and the doctor's not hearing them, they're not finding anything, they're like, everything looks normal. And it's kind of one of those, like, that's great, except for the fact that I know that something's wrong. Right. And I, they kind of, I feel like then doctors kind of treat me as like, you just looked all the stuff up on WebMD and you have no idea what you're doing. And this rash is not cancer. And this is like all those things, right? right. No, really, there's something more going on here. Yeah. Uh, is there a way to make that switch for them or to like have that conversation where it doesn't, and maybe I'm asking to control how a doctor responds yes. right maybe that doesn't work but yeah. is there a way to just kind of come together in a better fashion of like hey I really think that something more is going on here I know you're saying there's nothing I think I've only had one doctor kind of validate my gut response of that yeah and that was amazing I, I really yeah. think this is great like you actually trust me as a mom that I know my kid and there's something right more. yeah and and you are correct. Like we can't control how other people respond to a situation. And I would love to say that every physician out there is amazing and listens to every patient and and I, they're human. So they're going to be a uh diverse amount of um uh, uh, emotion and, and, um, emotional intelligence that physicians have, because that's just the way the world works. But really in that scenario, you know, uh, going into it as a parent with, I do have some control in this, um, and saying being very honest and open to the physician is a good way of working towards getting to that goal and keeping in mind, well, what is the goal? What's the outcome you're looking for? Well, the outcome is that you're looking for is should I be worried or should I not be worried? Right. And, um, the and if somebody's worried, what are we going to do about it to fix it? The um, so going back and realizing we're all a team together for the child is a very empowering thought. And saying to that physician, "Look, my gut is telling me something is not right. I am hearing you that you're." okay with the way things are right now. And I know you said, you know, because of X, Y, and Z that everything's good to go. Tell me what I need to be looking for so that I can report back to you um, and give you more information for when I do need to start to worry. And so having those kind of boundaries of, accepting that, okay, they're not worried right now because of this stuff, but when do I get out of that kind of boundary place and I should be kind of revving things up um, is very important. And sometimes 
as a physician, I would feel bad when a patient left my office and like I wasn't writing a prescription for something, but it's the realization from the physician side of things that just giving the parent some uh, advice on, okay, this are where things are right now. These, this is where I need you to come back is as important as having a referral or prescription or anything else that, that you walk away from a physician with. That's a really good thing to ask and just mm-hmm. kind of clear on what yeah. what's are. next. Yeah. Like what is next? What, what should my next step be in this? Yeah. When you're working and coaching parents, um, what, what does that look like? How do you kind of start that off and are you helping advocate with them? Like, are you going to these meetings or these appointments or are you just informing them of what they should be doing and coaching them along? Yeah. So the, I am not going to um, meetings with them. It is really because I don't want to be a security blanket that uh, parents who have a chronically ill kid um, or a kid with any sort of health challenges, school challenges, they're going to need to advocate for their kid for the rest of that child's life. So it, I, I'm only one person and I know as much as I would love to, that I cannot just because I'm only one person be at all of all these places at the same time. So it's really teaching parents how they can effectively do it for themselves. And so what goes into that is um, building up the confidence in it and really working on how to have courage, how to have um, goals of what success of appointments or meetings or or therapy visits, what that looks like, and how to really have great future beliefs to be able to get organized and steer that appointment in the direction of meeting that goal. I love that. So when you're working with people, it's like advocacy across the board whether it be school or therapy, it's just, it's teaching the parent how to figure out what those goals are. Yeah. And, you know, one of the important things too, like I, I talk some about self-confidence and building self-confidence, which is very important as we've kind of alluded to on, um, you know, dealing with like when things aren't going our way or disagreeing with somebody who, we in our mind are thinking it's like an authority figure. But, you know, the other big part of advocacy is asking for help. And, oh, my goodness, I so stink at asking for help. And I'm better at it now because I'm on to myself. But there's this this belief that I held that if I ask for help, it means I'm failing as a mom. And um, the 
it's so not true, but that's the story that I've created in my mind. And so it's, it's helping others to unpack that story and create uh, a newer belief about what a gift it is to ask for help because you're allowing somebody else to step in and fill their cup with being able to offer assistance to you. So it's actually not a bad thing. It's an incredible thing. But we've created this, oh my gosh, I'm a failure if I ask for help. And oh, it's so not true. Yeah. And as especially as parents and adoptive yeah. family, like we have this mission that's a lot longer than most parents. Right. Um, but we're going to be caring for these people for a long time. Yes. And so, and like, especially for us, I feel like it's it's going to be until we die, right? We're going to be taking care of these people. So, yes. I'm like, we have a marathon ahead of us. We got to we gotta ask right. for help. Well, and, you know, especially with um, the adoptive families that I've taken care of in the clinical setting, the the they hold this belief, like, I can't ask for help, because I have so wanted this child. And um, that it becomes an even deeper belief to unravel. And even with just like, asking for a babysitter, to have a little bit of respite, um, is sometimes a huge obstacle for these parents. And it's, um, it is realizing that having somebody step in to help you with your child is not making you a weak person. It's actually quite the opposite. And we all need to do self care and allowing yourself the opportunity to, to, improve your own well-being by having somebody step in and be a babysitter is so important in your own health. How can you be a good parent and be at your best when you don't have those opportunities? Amen. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. Before we wrap up here, I want to give our, our listeners a tangible something they can do as they kind of step into this advocacy role, or is there maybe already there and want to become more confident? Do you have any tips or a tip that you could share with them? Yes. So I would say the, the biggest tip would be um, when you know that a appointment that you're going to need to advocate for their child, um, when you, when that appointment is approaching, take a piece of paper and write down what a vision of a great appointment will be. Because having that image that is very detailed, like I'm going to walk out of there, I'm going to um, have the next step that I need to do for my child. I will have all my questions answered, like very detailed. Um, that will allow you to then create an emotion of being 
excited for that opportunity to advocate for your kid, which then allows you to take some actions to get prepared for that visit. So organizing your thoughts, writing down your questions, bringing in the forms from the last visit or all of those types of things. But the very first step is being very clear on what success of that appointment looks like and writing it down. Because when you write it down, it becomes visually more um, real and you're able to get all of this out of your head and you can read it and reflect on it. And that can create more of those positive, empowering emotions to be able to get the job done. Yeah. I'm also thinking that would be so good for my expectations to do that as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So often I walk out and I'm disappointed. I'm like, why am I so disappointed? But that yeah. would hit the nail on the head right. before I go in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm so grateful. Can you tell everybody where they can find you and how they can get in touch with you if they want to know more about your advocacy coaching? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I have a website that is Maureen Michelle, spelt with one L, MD.com. Um, I also have a book that is on Amazon called Reclaiming Life by Maureen Michelle, MD. And um, in the book, it talks about more of my story, and then also other tips to really um, learn how to advocate well for their child. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing a little bit of your journey and all that you offer and encouragement to us. I'm so grateful for you. I so appreciate this. I love being able to share my story, and I'm very grateful that you had me on today. Thanks, Laura. You're welcome. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined us today. If this episode blessed you at all, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with others? This, as you know, will help other mamas find us and in turn will bless them. Hey, thanks so much for trusting us with your time today.